It does work. Amen. So I'll be much in prayer with you about this. Tonight, my, uh, the, I want to preach on what I call, and there is no greater verse than others, but uh, to me, if I could choose one, it would be John 3.16. And I want to go there tonight, if I can, just for a few minutes, because i got such a blessing out of just studying. John 3.16, I want to back up to verse 14 and just read a little bit to get the uh, emphasis uh, where God puts it. In John chapter 3, verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now to understand that, you go, you'd have to go back to the book of Numbers and look up uh, what God did there for Moses. The children of Israel were being bitten because of their sin in their life by poisonous serpents, and they were dying. And God told Moses for the remedy of that poisonous that was in their bodies to take a brazen serpent and put it on a pole right in the middle of all the children of Israel. And he told him that whosoever looks to that shall be healed. They shall not die. And every time I read that and think about it, I think about, I wonder how many died that didn't look. They just didn't believe it. They saw it, I'm sure, but they didn't look in faith and they didn't think it could do it. But many millions, because there's millions of those Jews there at that time, looked and lived, the Bible said. Now, keeping that in mind, uh, verse 15, that whosoever believeth in Him, that is Jesus, should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now, going back to John 3.16, there are two reasons that I believe this is such a great verse of Scripture. Number one, no other verse is so full of the gospel. Now, the gospel is the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only 25 words in this verse. Yet it contains a complete survey and declaration of God's provision and plan of salvation for souls uh, to be saved. The second reason is no other single verse of Scripture has been used to win so many souls to Christ as John 3.16. The things that make this verse so important is it's extremely simple. Anybody can understand it. Number two, it's clear in its meaning. And number three, it's all truth. Now, if you take six words out of this verse, they spell the very word gospel. If you use the first letters of God, only, Son, perish, everlasting, life, you have the words gospel spelled. There are five things taught in this verse that makes this verse the greatest. Number one, it contains the greatest possible love. For God so loved the world 
Someone may say, if I only knew God loved me, then I would ask Him to save my soul. Well, here's the verse that tells you that God loves you. I don't care who you are. God loves the whole world. Everybody's ever been born. And I, I say that sometime, and I say, did you ever think that God uh, loved Hitler, one of the cruelest people in the world? Or uh, name any real cruel person you want to name on faces, or God still loved them. He hates their sin, but He loved them. He even died for them. Uh, here it is then. God so loved the world that you, that's every human being that's ever lived, God loves them. God's love is the greatest possible love for two reasons. First, because it is divine love. This verse says it is God who loves the world. Human love is a wonderful thing. A husband loves his wife and children, or a wife who loves her husband and children, or a mother loves her, her children. is a very wonderful thing. But all human love at its best is still human love. It's imperfect. But God's love is pure, holy. God is love. I had a friend of mine, and I know I've told you this before, but he said, I got a friend of mine, and he loves me so much that I could slap him in the face, and he wouldn't do a thing about it. I said, try it, and he'll knock your head off. Amen? There's no such thing as perfect human love. It's conditional. And you might not like that, but all human love is conditional. And you've got to understand that. But God's love, uh, He loves perfectly. Now, secondly, it is the greatest love in the world because it is love for everyone. God loves all the world. No man loves everybody, but God does. We don't love those that mistreat little children. By the way, I had a call last night that I'm real troubled about. These, this lady called me in, and uh, her son is beating her little grand boy. And uh, now I don't know about you, uh, but uh, I know what the Bible teaches about discipline, okay? Discipline and beating is two different things. And you must understand that. Correcting is one thing. But beating a child, beating one that can't even understand what you're doing to them, that's ridiculous and that's cruel and that's mistreated. And if something ain't done about it, I'm going to do something about it. For the simple reason that I'm not going to let it go. I had a man... Uh, brought uh, his three or latest three little girls come to our church several years ago and they come in my office and they said uh, pastor uh, our daddy is doing things to us late at night on the couch I said what did you say and they, they repeated it and told me all about it and told me what was going on and I said uh, where's your mother uh, when he's doing it she goes to bed and leaves us on the couch and I, I got to talking with her did you know that mother knew what he was doing and still went to bed and he was mistreating those little girls and so I called the uh, the children uh, HRS or what, what they are the, the man that I knew down there about it and I said uh, uh, did you know about this case? Yes, we got a man working on it uh, a, a counselor working on it and I called his mother the man's mother. And I said, did you know what's going on here? Well, now you've got to understand, preacher, he's a good uh, homekeeper and he makes a good living for the family. He's a good uh, uh, daddy in that respect. 
I called him. I got him fired. The head of the the one that was over the case. I got the the psychiatrist fired because of it, because listen to me now. If you know of somebody that's mistreating a child and you don't report it, you're guilty, and they'll hold you responsible. And that ain't the reason I called because I can't stand that. I cannot stand somebody that mistreated a little child. But even the only reason I told you all about that is did you know that God still loved that guy? God loved that guy. And I, I think about it a lot that God so loved the world. That's the greatest love that you could ever think about. No human being can have that kind of love. God hates sin. God loves every nation, every color, every race, every creed, every age, all people. There's a little song or a little poem that I found. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells us his love in the book of his, he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I love that. The verse is the greatest because it contains the greatest possible gift. Notice the Bible says that he gave his only begotten son. God could not give a greater gift to human beings than he gave to his son. God's love for mankind expressed in the gift of his son, his only begotten son, Jesus. This was the greatest possible gift that God could give, bestow upon us for two reasons. Because number one, because God gave his son. Galatians 4 verse 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. This one statement makes it plain that God planned in eternity past to give his son for the salvation of all men, women, and children that's ever been. And he gave him when the fullness of time came, number one. Number two, uh, secondly, God gave his only son. God has only one son, and he gave him. What a gift to mankind. This verse is great because it contains the greatest possible plan that whosoever believeth in him, that is Jesus. This is God's clear plan of salvation. We're saved by believing and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is great because of two reasons. Everyone can believe if they will, if it costs we couldn't pay it, if it costs me to get into heaven, I can't pay my way into heaven. Everyone knows what it is to believe. And we exercise faith in doctors. We exercise faith in medicines and all kinds of other things in this life. So we know what belief is. And so no one can come and say, I don't know what, how to believe or so on. Yes, you do. You have faith. God gave every man a portion of faith. Now, this is the greatest possible verse because it contains the greatest possible deliverance. Listen to this. Should not perish. God is not willing that any should perish. God does not desire the death of a sinner. Uh, sin separates from God. I don't believe God's ever made a human being that He wanted to be separated from you. You think about it. I got uh, two girls and a, and a, and a son. Of my three children, but I got all these great kids, uh, grandkids, great grandkids, all of them around me, and I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't want to be separated from them. I really don't. It would tear my heart out to think that they never wanted to have anything to do with Paul again or their daddy again. 
And when I think about it, you think about this. Sin separates man from God. Do you think one minute that God wants His children to be separated from Him? you got to remember something. God makes every human being. Now, I don't believe it. There are two reasons this is the greatest possible. Because it offers immediate safety. Here and now, in this life, God takes care of His own. Man, I, I was talking to somebody else the other day, and they said, Preacher, you ought to write a book of the experiences that you've had in this life. And I was just talking about just a few simple ones. But it, have you ever sat down and went back in your life and, and looked at incidents and said, God had to take care of me there. And you go on a little bit, God had to take care of me there. And all down through the years, I can go all the way back as far as I can remember, and I can remember that God took care of me step by step by step. He, he cares for me. And that's, that's because of eternal security. When we die, we go to where God is. And when Jesus comes, He comes for His own. There's no greater deliverance than that. And I, I thank God, brother, I believe in it 100%. If I die tonight, I'm not going to a tomb or a grave. I'm asking have somebody present of the Lord. But if I'm still alive and Jesus comes, I'm not worried about that either because I'm going to have somebody present of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's great deliverance. And if you ever get that settled, I know in the last few days I've had so many people say, how are you, how are you handling things, preacher? Because I know. And I know how God works. And I know such great deliverance. And it's a wonderful thing to know John 3.16. This is the greatest verse because it contains the greatest possible possession. Notice that they have everlasting life. I'm glad I don't believe I can be saved one day and lost the next. I really am. I've said, I, I got a lot of holiness uh, people in my family and friends and uh, they're always talking about me. Hold out to the end. Those that hold out to the end, the Bible says, shall be saved. I said, well, let me explain it to you this way. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be held out to the end. And I know I'm going. Now, you put it any way you want to. Amen? That's hold out to the end as far as I'm concerned. And let me give you something else. God's doing the holding out, not me. And so I have everlasting life. That's a promise from God. Uh, this is not it. It's just a little piece of life that we're living now. And I want you to notice this. Uh, another reason is because of the quality of this life. Everlasting. It's eternal. It's unending. And then because of the quality of this life, it is divine life. It is the very life of God. I'm glad I was born. My brother, my older brother said face of my daddy one time I never never got over it he said uh, daddy I wish I'd have never been born so help me I have never wished that never I am so thankful that God give me life you know why because now I can go to heaven amen if I'd have never been born I couldn't go to heaven and I, I think about this a great deal for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and put your name in there. Uh, if you would believe, believeth in Him, I did, should not perish, then I'll never die, but have everlasting life. That is, 
life goes on and on and on and on. This is not it. If you live to be a hundred, it's just a passing few minutes. Here, but you think about everlasting life, there's no ending to it. Now, that's what it's all about. John 3.16. I never forget leading a little Methodist lady to the Lord not far from here. And uh, the way I led her to the Lord is John 3.16. And when I got through reading of John 3.16, she said, Preacher, I've never heard that verse I said, you live in the United States and all the TV programs, all the radio stations, churches on every corner, and you never heard John 3.16 before? She said, no, sir. And in a few minutes, she accepted Christ as her Savior through John 3.16. She realized that God loved her with an everlasting love. Nothing like it, amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be saved tonight and one of your children only because of one reason. You gave your Son and His shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins that we might be called the sons of God, that we might inherit eternal life forever and ever with you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.